It's December 8th, 2022, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Happy holidays, everyone. We hope everyone listening in the U.S. had a good Thanksgiving and... We hope everyone else is on to enjoying the rush down to Christmas. I know we're in full holiday mode. Faye just pulled out all the holiday decorations and kind of shoved me onto the ladder going up to the roof of the house to throw up Christmas lights. So I know we're in the full swing of things. But as I was up there, very carefully navigating the 45 degree slope, which is the entire left side of our house. It kind of just occurred to me how much an American Christmas revolves around roofs because you've got, you know, Santa landing on the roof. You've got you're I'm obviously up there stringing lights across my entire roof. And then, of course, you know, every every post every Christmas postcard wouldn't be complete without snow on the roof of a house in the middle of the woods. Like it's just not complete without that snow on the roof. Yeah, I was, I was, well, not I, we were walking the dog the other day and one of the neighbors had somebody out putting lights up on the roof. And I thought, oh, that'd be so great if, if, if we could just pay someone to do that for us. Cause I know James, James already has, has all the, the Christmas lights out for the roof. And I know he's going to get up on the ladder and do it. And luckily we, we don't try to get up on the roof cause it's the, it's a standing seam and that seems a bit challenging. So we just do it from down below, but but yeah, I was walking by going, wow, okay, you can tell it's Christmas because it's just going up everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I mean, the trees, trees in people's yards and all that sort of business. But yeah, you, you drive by these houses and every roof is, is uh, not every roof, but all these roofs have all these Christmas lights on it. So yeah, it's it's it kind of break, brings up that question of what else can can you put on a building roof beyond Christmas lights? And that's really what the podcast is about. So we'll want to talk about that. You know, this, yes, Christmas lights are great. Christmas decorations are great. But what else do you use a roof for? And at the same time, one of the things we also want to talk about is what can your architect actually see about your building just by looking at your roof? Because surprisingly, we can actually, we can actually figure out a lot of what's going on. Yeah. So, so. Where is this coming from? So, so I was flying my drone over a current project with the owner kind of standing over my shoulder and we were just taking pictures of his roof because he had a funky roof plan and I just wanted to make sure I had it all documented before going into drawings. And I was like, oh, okay, based on your roof plan, as I'm looking at it, through the the drone feed i can point to okay your 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 chimney's here so okay living room is generally here you've got some vents over on this side of the house well that 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 kind of looks like bathroom vents so bathroom's over here and he's like oh yeah that's really cool and then i'm like oh and then there's your kitchen vent hood there and 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 so i was just going off ticking the locations of each room in his house based on where the drone was above 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 his roof. And he was like, Oh man, you can read so much just from, just from a roof. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I guess you kind of can. There's, there's really a lot that a roof kind of can give you if you know where to look for it. Oh yeah, completely. It's, it is, it's one of those odd things. And, and even skylights, you know, you look at the skylights and you're thinking, okay, 
skylight. We're going to have a skylight, maybe over a kitchen, sometimes over a bathroom. So yeah, it, it really is one of those things. And, and I, you know, you're talking about drive, you know, flying it over the guy's house to get an idea of what's going on with the roof. I can't tell you the number of times I've wanted to do that because you're just trying to, there's there was one in particular that was just a nightmare. I'm like looking at the, the Google maps photo going, Oh, I really wish I had a drone shot of this, but yeah, it's, it, it certainly does tell you a lot and it gives us a, a pretty good layout of the house. And of course, then you, if you look on the outside, you start looking at the window placement and you, between the window placement and the roof, you really get a good sense of layout of what's really happening in the house because there are those obvious things that the, the smaller vents for the bathrooms, the bigger vents for the kitchen, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it is surprising. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about it until you brought it up to me, <laughs> but it's very true. You just start, start looking at it from above and you realize, okay, well that's there and that's there and that's there. And, and I don't know, maybe that's not a secret we want to give away to someone looking to uh, do something nefarious. But it certainly works for us. Yeah, and and like you said, when when you combine what you can see from the roof with what you can see about somebody's windows, like bigger windows, especially in the front of the house, you know, maybe that's either your dining room or or, or maybe a living room, depending on size and location. But combining the roof with just a little bit extra information and and you know, an architect can really get a good feel before ever even entering a house as to what is going to be going on inside. And and that to me, I guess that to me was kind of neat because like, oh, we have our own little like, it's almost like we have our own little superpower. Like, like we don't, we don't have x-ray vision, maybe like Superman or anything like that. But in our own way, if you know how to look for it, you can do something similar. Oh, that's cool. But what else besides a landing strip for Santa have, have roofs been used for? I mean, you have your obvious answers. Everybody knows about green roofs. And of course you can put solar panels or maybe an observation deck on a high roof or, you know, whatever case may be. But what are some of the more creative uses that, that people throughout history have used their roofs for? Always think about uh, helipads, you know, the, the, the giant high rise buildings at the flat roofs and, and, the potential for a helipad. Um, and I don't know why I think that, but it always pops in my head. But one of the, the really cool, it's not a cool helipad, it's a cool building, but <laughs> and got very creative with how they're using the roof. But it's the car maker Fiat had built their factory back in 1923. And what they ended up doing is they ended up using the roof of the building for test driving cars. So essentially you had a test track on top of this factory building. And so they would, they would build the cars and then they would drive them up a series of ramps and up onto the roof and drive them around and drive them back down. And they'd you know, take them off to the, to the dealerships and wherever to be sold. And, and that's just how they did it. That's how they test drove their cars. So it was really kind of a cool, cool concept and a cool building. And then when they ended up closing, they actually did a contest of, you know, okay, how do we, we've got this really cool building. It's got this really cool track. And this is what made me think of the, you know, the, the helipad thing, I think, because Renzo Piano did a design for the building. They, they converted it into sort of a mall and art gallery and hotel convention center. But on top of that, put this, what I, <laughs> I, I, you could look at it and all I could think is, is God awful. It's just awful, but it's this giant helipad and this giant blue bubble that was apparently an executive meeting room kind of thing. So it's very bougie, 
uh, you fly in on your private helicopter and go for your frou-frou meeting with all your, you know, rich friends, and then you fly back out again, I guess. But it was just one of those things that you're thinking, you look at it and think, they could have done something better because you can't use the test track anymore. And I'm like, how cool would that have been to still be able to do that, to, to get a car up there and just zoom around the track for a little bit. So yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily have to use it for, for a green roof or solar panels or anything like that. You can actually get pretty creative with it. And fun fact about that uh, test track in the original Italian job, not, not the Mark Wahlberg remake, but the original Italian job, you can see there, they do a chase scene in this building with the ramps and the track around the top. And, and, and this building is heavily featured in that one little scene in Italian job. It, it, it's a cool little scene. I, <laughs> I, I would recommend it, but yeah. So another, another building, and this is honestly one of my absolute favorite buildings and favorite architects uh, was in Japan. And, and this is by one of my favorite architects. And, and this is one of my favorite buildings. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share this on a podcast. But there was a local city government in Japan that needed a new office building. And because land is hard to come by in the big cities on a small island like Japan, the only available land that was available nearby for them to put any kind of building on was this several acre public park. And so the government had a competition to see what could be done to keep both the park and put a new government building on it. And the winner was one of my all-time favorite architects, Emilio Ambas. And he, what he did was amazingly creative, but he designed a stair stepped building that kind of looks like it kind of comes out of the ground via, you know, each story is one step and basically integrates a new public park into the stair into the the stairs of the building. So you can, you can, there, there is a portion of the public park that is still on the ground, but then there are stairs going up across this, the entire roof of this building. And it's now just a public park, but they were also able to get the city government building that they needed as well. And so it's this really cool integration of landscape and building into a, into a single idea and like I said, it's it's still a public park, but but they did something really cool with the roof that I don't think has been done anywhere else. And it, and it's really fun to see like, hey, public park, government building. It's really hard to see everything kind of working together for the larger public good. Yeah, I think this is this is one of the coolest things to to see. And this is a, you know you talk about drone and looking at buildings from up above. This is one of those things that you really you really should see it from from the air. I mean, you, you the aerial shots of this building. It just looks looks amazing. And this is also one of those buildings that how well this was done and how well this was pulled off. The actual photos of the building match the renderings of the building. <laughs> you know, so often, you know, oftentimes you get these really cool looking renderings, and the building kind of comes close to matching it, but not quite. But this is one of those buildings that you just look at it and it's like. Oh man, this actually looks the way it, they intended. It looks the way they meant for it to look, and especially in in a city like this, that you know, on, on a a very busy city with a very limited public space, they were able to really, really keep all of that public land 
usable. I mean, so just you just have to keep walking up the steps to, to get to it. So pretty cool solution for what essentially is a very small space in the middle of a very busy city. And, and it was really cool. And, and so, you know, so we have, and it's one of those things too, it sort of combines that green roof idea and as well as, you know, keeping people actively using it. And I, th- I think it's, it's, it's just really one of those really cool things. But the other thing too is that, you know, we talked about what else, you know, what, what other things can we really use a building for, or a roof for? One of the other things is sort of observation decks. And I think one of my favorite buildings to go out on the observation deck was probably the Rockefeller Center Tower. And it was just because the, the, the observation deck is absolutely stunning. And you're looking over Central Park and it's just glass. The, the Between you and air is just these giant panes of glass. And so you have this really cool unobstructed view. And it's a really cool observation deck. But there's a building in Oslo, Norway that, is its own sort of observation deck without being quite quite that grand. It's called the couch and it's by MVRDV. And so you have this this building and, and and there are other buildings like this too. There's a power plant in Denmark that you actually walk or hike up the side of the building to get to the roof. So it's really kind of cool. But this was was meant to be someplace for people to sit comfortably. The idea was they had a tennis center. So they created this building and it's a you know, public tennis center, so you obviously want to have that kind of access. What they did was to take the roof of the building and basically bend it down to the ground. So it's almost like this little smile, and there's these steps that are integrated into it. And so you can actually go walk up the steps and sit on the steps, and technically you're on the roof of the building. But what you're doing is you can, from the steps on one direction, you can watch the tennis matches happening. And from the other side, if you're up high enough, you can look out. And you have this really great view of the lake that's on the other side. So it's just really, you know, it's an observation deck in a lot of ways, but it's not a deck. <laughs> it's it's more of a, a stair step situation. So it it's really cool and it's really well thought out. Again, it's it's. I think architects talk a lot about public spaces and how important they are, and and I think this is one of those things that shows just how how much so it is and and what you can do to make that public space really accessible so it's really cool but i will tell you one of the other things i think about for roof roof decks is you know kind of coming back to christmas is in christmas vacation when he's got you know the entire roof of the house just covered in lights and has to be one of my favorite scenes him trying to get the lights to work and I'm, i'm like yeah you know okay this is this is really cool it's christmas time but that's really kind of kind of a bit of overkill and not something I'd even ever, ever think about doing. I don't know if, if, I mean, you said Faye's going to had you up there putting up Christmas lights. I'm hoping it was pretty, pretty uh, tame. Well, I mean, there were, there were a couple scenarios where I'm kind of hanging on the side of the, uh, it's kind of hard to explain because our, our roof has three different levels. It has one flat section and then there's two, smaller steeper sections uh, that are about 45 degrees and one of them is 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 a step down from the other it's probably a three or four foot step down and so i'm kind of hanging on the eve of the higher step while hanging lights on the lower step and i mean it was it was <laughs> both are at a 45 degree angle and you're just sitting there like Oh, this is not good. I mean, the, the fall would would have been my fall would have been relatively cushioned, considering there's some bushes under there. But 
I'd rather avoid all that together and just either of, I, I wish I'd had a ladder at the time. It was a little nerve wracking, but it was kind of one of those things you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get, get, get up here, get them hung at where they need to be and get down as quickly as possible so that I don't tear my hands up with all the, the fiberglass nodules that, that can sometimes come off the roof as you're moving around up there. Yeah, that's one of those times I'd be like, let's see, is my is my life insurance paid up and is my homeowner's insurance paid up? Because I don't care what you say, those those bushes are going to cushion your fall, but oh, it's still going to hurt. So <laughs> glad, glad you were safe. And I, I hope everyone listening is, isn't doing anything dangerous on their roof this, this Christmas season and, you know, taking it relatively easy. I, I know, you know, some people do get carried away, but hopefully you are getting things strung and your Christmas trees are up and, and uh, everything is going well. So I, you know, and, and, and this will be our last podcast for the year. Well, I know we talked about not doing one in December, but we only managed to crank out one in November. Thank you. Thanksgiving. And so here we are, but we hope everyone enjoys the, um, the season. If as always, you know, you can always reach me, Larry at spotteddogarchitecture.com or, at Spotted Dog Arch on Instagram and Twitter, at least Twitter for now until Elon Musk kills it. So if you have some ideas about podcasts next year, please, please let us know. And you can always find the podcast at Arch Geeks Podcast on Instagram and our website at architecturegeeks.com. So there we have it, folks. We are done for the year. Hope you enjoy yourself. Don't drink too much eggnog. Or if you're like me, don't drink any eggnog. (laughs) And we will talk to you guys again in January. Bye. Bye.